episode number 10 of the Digital Health Voice. Quite a milestone. It is the number of fingers that we have on our hands, at least most of us. And uh, today, I'd like to give a new spin to the whole Digital Health Voice series. Usually, we get to invite people who are either founders of startups or even leaders of healthcare organizations. But today, we have The Connector, a management consultancy firm. And this person that we're talking to is Lambert Montevecchi, who is the CEO and founder of Boost Consulting. And with that in mind, I would like to dive, dive deep into the interview. Lambert Montevecchi. I hope I said it well, your, uh, your surname. But Lambert, as I said previously, is the CEO and uh, founder of Boost Consulting. It's all about the boost, you know, recently, the vaccine booster, you know. Uh, so you, I think you, you're, you've got quite a team there, Lambert, going on about the boost. But definitely healthcare needs a big boost. And I personally think that looking at all that is happening around us, I think it needs a digital transformation boost more than anything. And we had even a, a nice conversation before we got started here today, where we reflected on this together. But we're here to talk a bit as well about MedTech World. I mean, just to start with a really nice positive theme here. So. Do you have some key takeaways from MedTech World? Did you enjoy the event after all? Uh, and are you looking to this year's version? Because now we even have some dates on the 30th of November to the 3rd of December. I hope to see you there, but, but tell me about it. How, what was your adventure in Malta like? Well, first of all, Stefan, thanks a lot for uh, this opportunity to debrief and to, to you know, share our, our experiences. So yeah, I attended your first edition. Um, I, I thought it was extremely international. Uh, you know, sometimes these international conferences tend to be a bit local, so that was good. That put you know puts Malta right on the map. I also, as always in these types of conferences, met lots of new people, but this time I made some friends, which is really really cool, uh, real friends, uh, which obviously gives a, an additional incentive to come back for a second edition. I could add a couple other things. Um, I thought it was extremely dynamic with very short panels. Some of them perhaps a bit too short, but um, I think that's the idea. And also the diversity of all the topics over two days that were addressed, you know, from uh, regulatory to you name it, it was all there. So I really enjoyed it and I intend to come back. Give me a second number, I have to take some notes, you know. Like, oh, all right, okay, good. I sent the message as well to, to Dylan and Ryan, listen, we have, to, we have to make them a bit longer, those panels, because there's so much juice, you know, yeah. like so much mental juice, I would say. And so much insight there that, you know, even I, when, when I was contributing to one of the panels as well, there was a moment where I really um, felt as if time flew by, literally, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I, really, I, really, I really missed not being able to contribute more in that particular session. So definitely some notes taken there and we're going to definitely learn from this. But Lambert, most interestingly for, for me at least as well, and maybe for our audiences, What's your digital head journey? 
you just told me that you kicked off your career in political science. Mm -hmm. So that's quite interesting. Like, I know that there's a lot of politics in, uh, in healthcare, but like, what brought you here with us today? Like, what's your digital health journey? How did you kick off from political science to where we are today? Yeah, thanks. That's that's an interesting question. Yeah, so political science that that, that is my passion. Um, I, I, I I'm I'm profoundly interested in trying to bring uh, countries and uh, different points of view around the table. Um, my, my my personal background is is in management consulting. Basically, all my career I've been in different types of organizations before I even focused on healthcare. And I learned a lot from that, understanding you know, what goes wrong in companies, despite what they do, whether it's a bank, whether it's a factory, whatever. And over the years, um, I realized that the, the technical part is important, but it's not as important as the human part, uh, which gradually brought me to change management, understanding what are the necessary ingredients to make change happen in any type of organization. And then in 2007, um, I really decided to focus on healthcare. Why healthcare? Uh, I, I, I like to explain that. First of all, because I think based on my modest experience of having seen all types of companies in a bunch of countries around the world, it's the most complex. I do believe it is the most complex human organization. I agree around. there. And, and, 1, and I had seen, I thought I had seen complicated stuff like, you know, a nuclear plant or something like that. But a nuclear plant compared oh, to wow. a hospital is a piece of cake. Second thing is, wow. and we've said this over and over again and over again, it's the human uh, aspect, right? The, the, the humans are delivering a service in healthcare delivery to other humans who on top of it are not particularly feeling well. You know, even in, even in a maternity, I'm working in a maternity right now. It's happiness, but there's also a high level of risk. So that there's, it's high tension, it's extremely complex. And last but not least, it's not an environment where there are a lot of change management people or organizational experts. They're managers, you know, but often they're doctors, they spent 10 years studying medicine. So it's, it's, it's a really incredible challenge. Your question around digital is, well, you know, we've been in a very privileged situation between the end users, the hospitals, the healthcare workers, and sometimes even the patients, and observing all this incredible potential, the evolution of you know, digital inventions, AI, and all, all that stuff, and uh, observing it more and more, like you, like all of us that attend these conferences, we believe in the potential. But the reason I attend these conferences and what brings me to this table is how can I contribute? Can, my, can our change management and skills contribute to making this process, facilitating this process? Yeah, I, uh, you know, it's uh, this digital transformation in healthcare. I, I've, I've, I've had some time to reflect on it as well. And also in my, in my work, I kind of realized that at the end of it all, it is about the technology, but in reality, it's all about the people. And the fact you mentioned maternity, and I'm I'm lucky enough to 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 have a wife who works in obstetrics and gynecology, mm -hmm. specifically in maternity as well. So I also hear about some of these stories of high tension, you know, and and it and the healthcare. What I've noticed more and more is that there is like this um, rise and fall, rise and fall. There are some times where there is a high tension, and you need to, and you have to literally focus 1,000%, but then there are other times <clears throat> where things calm down. 
you know, they allow a bit for maybe a moment of peace, possibly, or a moment of reflection, mm -hmm. which I think is critical for healthcare, because if we don't have those moments of reflection, then we can't improve our next reaction to, towards something which is crisis. Now, in fact, as we've seen, even in the COVID-19 pandemic, what has happened is that we were in the high tension stage sometimes for a bit too long of a time. So we, so we didn't have time actually to kind of come back down, take a, like, take a breather and come back up. We have to go down, whoo, back up again, not even kind of getting to the bottom of this, uh, this curve. And I think that was the real big, big pressure there. So tell us a bit more about Boost Consulting, Lambert. I mean, how do you make the, the experience work for healthcare organizations and health professionals? And like, especially, you know, this is, I mean, this is a very unique position that you're in. You're not simply in a position where you kind of provide the technology or receive the technology, be at the receiving end of the technology, but you're come, even like we had, we had a talk about this, like you are like the, the enabler. You know, you bring the connections, you, you make the one plus one. If there are some specific blockers, you get people back to the table and listen, let's talk it through. We will come to a compromise, we will come to a solution, but, but you are the man here. So <laughs> tell us, tell us a bit more about uh, Boost Consulting. I'm sure it's not about COVID-19 vaccine boosters. Only, no, so, no, 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 no. Just kidding. <laughs> there, there are other people doing that. But tell, uh, but, but you've did, yeah, tell us about You've it. described it in, a, in an incredibly clear way. I mean, what, what I can say, first of all, our, our mission is basically to help healthcare organizations boost, thus the name of the company, change for uh, to achieve a more efficient uh, patient handling, patient care, right? That's, that's the mission. So concretely, how do we do that? First of all, it's an extremely hands-on approach. We are in hospitals on the ground. We, we, most of our work is in hospital delivery. So private clinics, public hospitals, and we are on the ground for months, full time, not just you know a couple of days we come in and we go away. So that, the, the reason for that is because change takes time. It's hard work. That's, that's, that's point, point number one. Point number two, and that we've learned over the years, uh, and we recently just talked about that, the complexity of healthcare, we, we humbly understand the complexity, just how complex it is, how much pressure there is on the system, how many constraints there are. And yes, we are kind of like a catalyst, a facilitator. In, in, in any case, that is our mission. So the process is, is, is simple. It's a human process. We need to, before we can even start working, we need to get everybody around the table to agree on what could be improved. And that's not a simple task, believe, believe me, because everyone has their own opinion, sees things from their window. Uh, so that's, you could call that, you know, step one. Step one is just uh, getting access to the environment, to the floor, uh, uh, and, then, and then creating a participative environment where people are not afraid to describe how they view problems in their day-to-day -day work when we, we bring a methodology as well, thank God. And we, we gather all this, we put it in different buckets and the, we, we get people to come to the, the, the degree of awareness and create the desire to, yes, we can try to not address all, it's too complicated, but let's try to take bits and pieces, maybe pilots and try to improve the process. So we do a lot of um, process mapping, process reviews, 
What's right. great about healthcare is that it's all around the patient. There's no discussion. We don't waste mm -hmm. any time. How are we going to do this? No. If we put the patient at the core, we actually use a, a okay. very antique technique that goes back to the 1940s or 1950s. You take a big roll of oh, paper wow. and uh -huh. you stick okay. you stick some post-its on it to make sure that you've understood and you review it until you know that it's right. rock solid and that is the process. And I'm talking about a very detailed process description. And then you get everybody to come in and have a look and start putting their colored post-its with their critiques, which could be red, their ideas, which could be orange, their solutions, which could be green. And in a hospital, Stefan, that works so well because those are methods that are not really used and it, they're simple, they're visual, uh, and they're participative. So that's that's how we get engaged. And then obviously the, 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 the biggest challenge is fighting addressing understanding the resistance to change why do we why are we not making these changes why what are the reasons and that's our job so yes i agree we are facilitators we're catalysts of change it's hard work it doesn't come easy you need to you know convince people understand their position you need empathy you need listening skills but it's fun we love what we do and in the end if it's done properly you can literally feel and see the change the health workers are working in a, let's say, better organized uh, environment. The patients are waiting less. The patients have a few minutes to be, ask a few questions to their nurse or to their doctor. That is our goal. That's our mission. Wow. I mean, in fact, like uh, one of the curious things that I have for you is like, <clears throat> maybe this one bonus question for you, but I'm sure that you can answer me. Like, because you started mentioning post-its and I can imagine this happening in a workshop environment, you know, in one room, people are putting their, you know, their uh, options and they're sticking on the, but because of the COVID-19 pandemic, how did you adapt? Did you, were you doing this all using, for example, some video technology? Well, how, how did you adapt to the situation? Or were you still kind of insisting on this uh, method but in a safe way, like, I, I'm really willing to, to listen to your experience yeah, there. Yeah. How, how did you make it work? Fantastic. Um, first of all, in, in the places we work, they rarely have a room that will allow for a, a 10 meter or eight meter roll of paper to be okay. hung on the wall. <laughs> so so <laughs> okay, good one. before COVID, uh, we were hanging mm -hmm. those in the mm -hmm. corridor, uh, in the administrative part, of course, uh, of, of hospitals or, right. or of units. Um, I'll disappoint you, but I, I still have not figured out a way to accomplish this mission remotely through Zoom or whatever. So I, in a way, I was lucky. We were lucky. Our teams were lucky because hospitals, as we all know, did not close. And thank God they didn't. They saved lots of lives. So we continued. Uh, through 2020, 2021, we were in hospitals. Um, applying all the safety measures as best as we could, of course, reducing the amount of people in the same room, still using the corridors because hospitals are up and running all the time. So we just um, stayed as is. Uh, we've not come up with a with a bright, brilliant um, solution to be able to do this remotely. But if, if you have some suggestions, I'm I'm, I'm open to <laughs> to taking them on I, board. I found Google Jam Google Jamboard actually yeah. to be a really good solution. Yeah. Um, especially they have like this uh, post-its feature. They've done it really well. So if I can recommend that, well, I would give you that, <laughs> uh, honestly. But, you know, we, we met that word. We're all about the present and the future. 
And one thing which really strikes me, and I've heard this a couple of times, that Facebook, for example, was able to scale up and scale up to the, to the scale that we we're witnessing today because they had a lot of middle management. It's extremely interesting when you think about it. And middle management, most of the time, are the people making the connections, you know, solving the pending issues, solving the pending tasks, solving something that um, a higher, um, a person in the higher rank had the vision to come up with, but then he doesn't, he or she doesn't have the time to actually implement. And it is middle management most of the time that come into the picture here. But I have a big question for you. How, what is the future of digital health and medtech for you? And how do you see Boost Consulting fit into the whole picture? Uh, regarding the, the, the future and the potential, and I'm not saying this because we're talking of medtech and, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm confident and I'm convinced. I'm profoundly convinced. Um, I cannot help but see the obstacles because I, I, we, we touched on, upon that point. We are in a very privileged position to understand the obstacles. On one hand, why there is a rejection of this technology that could help. But on the other hand, some of the mistakes, perhaps humbly mistakes that the inventors are making, being perhaps a bit too aggressive, too arrogant. This is not just plug and play stuff. There are things that you really need to take into consideration. It takes time. Implementing anything takes time. And uh, so, so I would, uh, on one hand, I, I'm extremely optimistic. And I can, when I attend these conferences, I can actually visualize and touch and understand the potential. And then I take it back. And when I'm on the floor in hospitals, I can say, well, you know, we could be using this stuff. But I also understand why we're not using it. So I think the challenge for the coming years is precisely that. It's, it's um, yes. adapting the approach. I, think a lot of these companies you know they on their board they bring a retired doctor or something like that or maybe they have a couple okay. of doctors but doctors that are not acting enough that have you know cut off and have gone into another career uh and and, and another thing which i think we're, is needed and it's a, just a little humble piece of advice is patience they need to be involved in this process so we always say it verbally yeah, the patient is at the core, should be at the core, must be at the core, but where are they? In these conferences, there are, there are no patients. It's very rare. And if we do that, if we do that, we'll do two things. One, we'll be more effective in our deployment because we'll have patients telling us what we need to do. And two, we will win the hearts of the health workers because that's, you know, they're, they're dealing with patients night and day. Uh, th those would be the two things that, um, and what role can we play? Well, again, you know, the, our, our core activity, our, our DNA is, is acting as a catalyst and hopefully a company like us can play a role in facilitating and accelerating, boosting the implementation of digital health. Wow. Um, there's so much to, to reflect on in just the, the, those words you've said. And I think it's true. Most of the time, in fact, I like the, I don't, funny enough, I'm not a big fan of patient-centered. I'm more a fan of patients included. Because if it's patient-centered, it says, it's as if everyone is looking at the patient and kind of expecting to come with an answer. But with a patients-included approach, which I remember my colleague and friend, uh, Lucien Engelen, all the way from Netherlands, yeah. who kind of advocated this to me, and I actually bought into it, because... Patients included means that they are part of the implementation. 
patients, they're not simply like a spectator or in the middle, kind of expected to give the answer to everything, but included, contributing. And I think it's true that we have a big, we really, I even work in healthcare, I had the opportunity to work in healthcare myself in healthcare IT implementation. And many times, because of all the hassle that we're into, we sometimes kind of, not forget, but we, we the, the priority is much lower for patients to be involved because we're such in a high tension all the time and we have to do this yesterday, not tomorrow or today, but yesterday. And, uh, and it's a role, and that's why we need people like your teams who come with an observer approach, who kind of observe the whole, and they are not in, in part of the picture, they are outside so they can give a very objective approach and very objective view of the whole situation, but at the same time, having the skills to help in the implementation. It could be that you would help with sending four or five emails that would have been pending for that person to send to ask for a specific change, and you guys help out in that process. Help, set, help setting the right words, helps communicating. So I definitely see a big role for management consulting companies to come and contribute even more in the digital transformation of healthcare. So this is going to, you guys are going to provide an extremely useful ingredient in making the digital transformation of healthcare possible and allowing healthcare organizations in turn to become exponentially focused, exponential organizations, being able to deal with the exponential amount of data that is being thrown at them. Something small for you, uh, Lambert, because we have to unfortunately close off. Uh, I'd love to speak to you for days, but you've got one minute to raise awareness on any specific topic of your choice. It could be climate change, it could be something within your region, it could be a disease you want to raise awareness on, it could be a charity of your choice. But you've got yourself one minute. And the floor is yours, Lambert. Go for it. Thank you very much. Um, well, uh, as we both know, we, we're not able to have our moonshot panel. Uh, so I'd like to address something I would have said on the moonshot panel, which is around cancer. Uh, we, we're, we're working in a lot of cancer centers. So yes, there are hospitals dedicated to cancer, but they have you know the pluridisciplinary approach. And I am confident, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, but I'm confident that another breakthrough in the coming years is going to be the cure for cancer. I, I can feel it coming. It's taking long, it's taking very long, but there are major breakthroughs. And, and I, I'm hopeful that um, in a few years, we will, see, we will see great, great advances in the fight against cancer. Maybe one silver lining of the COVID-19 pandemic actually is the fact that there has been increased research in the topic of mRNA vaccines. Exactly. And even like all the resources that were dedicated towards that. So the, the answer to that, uh, to cancer might be closer than we think. Exactly. With that in mind. Yeah. And, and also, the, so, uh, the, excuse me, the, the COVID also showed us that, uh, I, th I think the American administration called it the warp speed project, right? Maybe we can apply that okay. to cancer and change our mindset, change okay. our paradigm, and, and, and try yeah. to boost it. That could be the ending yeah, word. I, I agree with you. We really need a boost now, especially 
with uh, COVID, you know, uh, being, you know, has been to, like so so important for the past years. Now it's time to boost the the care of cancer and also the, the care of uh, non-communicable diseases as well, the ones that have so much burden on our society. With that in mind, I'd like to thank you, Lambert, for your time and for your energy and for your wisdom, I would say, because um, even in the words, the way you put your words, they are like full of wisdom. So I appreciate that. And with that in mind, hope to see you in Moeta this year. Cheers. Thanks to you and the Maltese team. Thanks very much. Great. So thank you for following the interview today with Lambert. And I'd like to remind you to follow us on our socials. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Did I forget something? Oh, YouTube, of course. And you can see the whole video interview. You get some time to even listen through the interesting insights that we had. And also give us a like, a comment or share. And if you find this interesting, share it so that we continuously grow our impact and innovation with you. Thank you.